Hello listeners of Bench Talk, The Week in Science. It's great to have you here with us today to explore some of the latest developments and breakthroughs in the world of science. I hope you find our discussion interesting and informative. Okay, Dave Robinson here, and what you just heard was text-to-speech technology applied to a script written for our show by an artificial intelligence chatbot called ChatGPT. All I asked the chatbot to do was to write an initial greeting for the show. I didn't say anything about what the show is about. It figured that out by itself, I guess, by searching the internet. I'm doing this to give, I guess, a punchy introduction to one of the topics we're discussing on the show this week, artificial intelligence. That's what a chatbot is. This week on Bench Talk the Week in Science, we're continuing our examination of the top science stories of last year, and oh boy, AI, artificial intelligence, is our lead story. And I'll give you some more concrete examples from the chat GPT chat box in a few minutes, including a poem it wrote just for the show. But first, let me give you some more background on what's happening in the world of AI in the last year. Artificial intelligence refers to the simulation of human intelligence in machines. The goals of AI include learning, reasoning, and perception. And it's been in use for years now for such things as visual perception, speech recognition, decision-making, and translation between languages. You might have used some of these AI instruments on the web yourself. Now, companies are racing to achieve new milestones in artificial intelligence, though, with hopes of becoming innovators in transportation, healthcare, communications, the arts, and many other areas. AI was declared the scientific breakthrough of the year in 2021 just for its ability to quickly and accurately predict the three-dimensional shapes of proteins based on their amino acid sequence, but that was a year ago or more. Now AI is going one step further, designing entirely novel proteins that could be used in making vaccines or building materials or nanomachines. One company just announced an AI tool that designs more efficient algorithms for multiplying blocks of numbers called matrices. Matrices are a useful operation for computer graphics and physics simulations and machine learning. This program has found shortcuts that human mathematicians had overlooked for decades. And that same company has designed a system that writes programs to solve other kinds of complex numerical problems. And the way this other program works is to train on previous software programs and their descriptions, and it produces a large number of parallel but slightly different candidate programs. And then from that pool of programs, it picks the best prospects and then tries that out to see which one works most efficiently. This procedure appears to be beating about half of the human programmers that are tackling the same tasks, so it's been pretty successful. 
Over the past year, progress has been made toward the development of fully autonomous cars using AI, virtual nursing assistants to monitor hospital patients, emotion-detecting technology to monitor student performance in school, and cyborg journalists to churn out automated reporting. But last year, AI encroached into a new area, artistic expression. You've probably seen some of this yourself if you hang out on social media very much. It's the result of a new kind of artificial intelligence called generative AI, which refers to the development of models that are capable of producing original, completely novel text, visuals, sounds, or even songs. Generative AI expands the realms of possibility and uses for AI and makes it more approachable and practical for a larger group of people, not just experts. Artificial intelligence is now being used for text-to-image modeling, where the computer uses machine learning to analyze the pairings of text and images online. It finds patterns that allow them to create new images based on text. One research lab asked its software to paint an armchair in the shape of an avocado, and apparently it spit out several excellent examples of an armchair that looked like an avocado. Crazy. Last spring, that company released an upgrade to its system, It's called DALI 2.0, and it's implementing a machine learning technique called diffusion, in which the images it produces are analyzed for noise, meaning inaccuracies. You know, like if a picture was fuzzy, they would call that fuzziness noise. Well, DALI corrects that. It basically eliminates that noise, and it's done in an iterative process, one time after another after another, until it produces a realistic and attractive picture. Some of the code for these AI models are open access, so they can be utilized by people all around the world for free. There's several diffusion models, for instance, that became available for public use this year, And there's a story of one artist using AI to win a fine art competition, shocking some people and also pissing some people off. Meta, which used to be known as Facebook, and Google have released diffusion models that can even make videos for you. Artificial intelligence is impacting education, too. Now, there are ways that AI could help student learning, For instance, personalizing the delivery of tutoring help or helping students with learning disabilities understand complex sentences or idioms that they don't understand. AI could provide 24-hour feedback to students working at home, and it could provide lots of new assessment opportunities for teachers. But there's undesirable aspects of AI in education, too. You've probably heard about students using AI to write essays or research papers or to write computer programs or solve mathematical problems. Artificial intelligence has been used to take exams like the bar exam and the medical license exam 
and it can pass those exams. But I got to tell you, it only passes them. AI does not ace the bar exam. Typical grades are like a C+. I'm a college teacher, and I can tell you that I consider this cheating because it's a form of plagiarism. The student isn't taking the exam themselves. In November of 2022, a program called ChatGPT was launched, and since then has been available to students around the world to use for free. I think ChatGPT is free right now because it's the beta version. It's the test version. Eventually, I think they're going to be charging for ChatGPT. But I got the program myself for free just this week. The reason I joined ChatGPT was I wanted to see for myself how powerful it was. And you've already heard one of its outputs. It was the launch for this episode that you heard at the beginning of the show. I actually thought it was a pretty good introduction. Well, here's another example of a chat GPT output, and you can see for yourself how good it is. Now, I can tell you that I didn't provide any background information or internet links. All I did was make this simple request of chat GPT. I asked, quote, how can I introduce my radio show, Bench Talk the Weekend Science? Unquote. Here is what chat GPT generated for me. Welcome to Bench Talk, the week in science, the radio show that brings you the latest developments and discoveries from the exciting world of science. Each week, we explore the most intriguing and groundbreaking scientific research and news, from the depths of the ocean to the far reaches of outer space. Our expert guests share their insights and perspectives, providing you with a unique and engaging perspective on the world around us. So tune into Bench Talk, the week in science and join us on this journey of discovery and wonder. Whether you're a science enthusiast or just curious about the latest discoveries, we've got something for everyone. Let's dive in and explore the frontiers of science together. Whoa, you see what I mean? That's pretty darn good. Can you believe that was written in less than one minute by a computer from scratch? I don't know where it got all of that information about the depths of the ocean and the far reaches of outer space. I actually didn't even tell it that this was a radio show. It figured that out on its own. But I'm not saying this script is perfect, however. For instance, it doesn't mention our discussion of science policy. And in one sentence, it used the word perspective twice. I generally don't use the same term twice in the same sentence. But I could easily go in and tweak that. Now, I've heard from teachers that they can spot a paper written by ChatGPT. But here's the thing. From what I understand, AI gets smarter as it gets used. Just like humans learn from their mistakes, AI can learn from its mistakes too. So even though AI is doing pretty good already, it's going to become even less recognizable as artificial in the future. Now, how does AI do when asked to do something artistic? Well, to test that, I asked ChatGPT to write a poem. Here's what I asked, quote, write a poem about Bench Talk the Week in Science, unquote. Well, it only took the chatbot one minute to write this poem. Here's the output I got. Beneath the bench where secrets lie, 
where atoms dance and molecules sigh. There lies a world beyond our eyes, a world of science, a world of surprise. Each week we gather round the mic, to talk of breakthroughs, discoveries alike, of mysteries solved and questions asked, of research findings, a science blast. We delve into the depths of space, of galaxies, stars and comets and race. We explore the wonders of our Earth, from oceans deep to mountains with mirth. We chat with scientists far and wide, from different fields, on a joyride. To learn their thoughts, to hear their voice, to understand their work, to make a choice. Binge Talk, The Week in Science, is where we go for knowledge divine, to feed our minds, to quench our thirst, for learning, for wisdom, for a better world first. <laughs> Not bad. Okay, it is formal verse written in a rhyming format, but it is still pretty impressive, don't you think? If you were an English teacher, what grade would you give it? Oh boy, we could do an entire show on ChatGPT itself, but instead I'll just quote Matthew Hudson, who wrote in the December 16th, 2022 issue of Science about artificial intelligence. He said, quote, Aside from philosophical debates about whether these feats of silicon count as real creativity, they raise practical and ethical dilemmas. Some observers worry the artificial coders and artists will violate copyright, perpetuate stereotypes, spread misinformation, or eliminate jobs. But there's no doubt humans will harness these tools to extend our own creativity, much as we did in the past with looms, cameras, and other once unsettling inventions, unquote. Here's ChatGPT one more time. I asked it to introduce the rest of today's episode. I'm certainly excited to delve into the top science stories of 2022. There were many significant developments and breakthroughs in various fields of science last year, and I look forward to discussing some of the most notable ones. Let's get started. Next, the fastest supercomputer. A supercomputer named Frontier crunched numbers with mind-blowing speed in 2022, 1.1 quintillion operations per second. That makes this machine, which is run by the Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee, the first exascale computer. Exascale means it's a computer that can perform at least 10 to the 18th operations per second. The next fastest computer tops out at 442 quadrillion operations per second. That's only 10 to the 15. Frontier can go 10 to the 18. So Frontier is a thousand times faster than the previous supercomputer. Exascale computing is expected to lead to breakthroughs in everything from artificial intelligence, climate science, health sciences, and particle physics. So computing is still getting faster and faster. 
a rechargeable cyborg cockroach for search and rescue? Well, last year, using ultra-thin electronics and flexible materials, researchers in Japan engineered a system for creating remote-controlled cockroaches. They did this by attaching a tiny wireless control module that's powered by a rechargeable battery that was attached to a solar cell to the back of the insect. Now, they used Madagascar cockroaches for this experiment, and they're pretty big, about two inches long. There were wires that were designed to stimulate the cockroaches' legs, and so the researchers were able to steer the roaches with their remote controls. It's thought that this technology could be used with other large insects, even flying insects like beetles or cicadas. These cyborg insects could have a multitude of applications in the future, perhaps spying or some sort of a delivery system or for search and rescue missions. And the 10th discipline that we're covering in this review of the top science stories of 2022, physics. Is there new physics around the corner? A measurement of the mass of an elementary particle called the W boson now has physicists holding their breath. It's data from the collider detector at the Fermi lab near Chicago that suggests that the particle, the W boson, is heavier than what it was expected to be. And if the W boson is heavier than it was thought to be, the finding could be just the kind of crack that researchers have been looking for in the standard model of particle physics. Now, the standard model of particle physics is the theory that describes three of the four known fundamental forces in the universe. Those three are electromagnetism and weak interactions and strong interactions. The force that's missing from the standard model of particle physics is gravity. Now, this current formulation was finalized in the mid-1970s upon the experimental confirmation of the existence of quarks, the tau neutrino, and the Higgs boson. And the standard model has predicted various properties of the W and Z bosons with great accuracy, but this April 2022 discovery sort of throws a wrench into the model since the W boson now appears to have a mass that is 0.095% heavier than predicted. I know 0.095% difference seems really small, but physicists say that it is statistically significant. Until now, the standard model of particle physics was thought to successfully describe the basic constituents of the universe— even though it doesn't explain how gravity fits in. So physicists are really going to have to confirm the accuracy of this new W boson measurement, because perhaps it's not real. But if it is real, this discovery points the way to a new and perhaps better understanding of matter. Next up, nuclear fusion. 
You know, it's extraordinarily difficult to generate the energy required to replicate the atomic reactions that take place inside the sun. But last year, scientists created the first controlled fusion reaction that resulted in what's called ignition. That is, the reaction created more energy than what was put into it. This is a momentous event because it wasn't too long ago when experts were saying that achieving nuclear fusion ignition was another 50 years away. Now, most of us are somewhat acquainted with the concept of nuclear fission. Nuclear fission is where atoms are split with the idea of generating the energy that can power a nuclear bomb or a nuclear power plant. That's relatively easy to do, nuclear fission, but it produces a lot of radioactive waste products that you have to deal with afterwards. But nuclear fusion is different. With nuclear fusion, the idea is to fuse hydrogen atoms to form something larger. And it takes energy to do this, but if done correctly, it can also release energy. And for the last 30 years, nuclear researchers have tried to initiate a fusion reaction that produced more energy than it required to get started, but had failed to do that. But on December 5th, 2022, a team of scientists at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory did exactly that. They achieved ignition. The team did this by aiming 192 laser beams all onto a gold cylinder, inside of which were two isotopes of hydrogen encased in a diamond capsule. The lasers instantaneously vaporized the gold creating intense pressure, which converted the diamond to plasma. And as these precious materials were blown to smithereens, they initiated a shock wave that blasted the hydrogen isotopes with x-rays, fusing them together. This fusion reaction resulted in the release of 50% more energy than what was put into the original first steps, And it was an actual explosion, about equal to a stick of dynamite, as I understand it. Now, in the near future, it's going to be the military that benefits the most from this advance, because using data from this experiment, experts can model explosions of the country's nuclear weapons, essentially estimating how much power the warheads still have without actually needing to conduct real-world explosive tests. As for clean energy, though, a nuclear fusion power plant is still decades down the line, not likely to come to fruition until at least the 2060s or the 2070s, experts say. And it's because several logistical problems still have to be ironed out such as the vast space and the impractical quantity of power that's required to run such a facility. That's all got to be figured out before the technology can be used at scale. In this experiment, for instance, it took 100 times more energy to generate the laser beams and the rest of the facility than what was actually received back from the fusion reaction. So that's just not practical. That net energy gain I was talking about is with respect to the energy in the lasers 
that were aimed at the target. It's not a game if you consider all the other energy that it took to create 192 laser beams. But you know, the first automobile or the first computer were pretty crude too. This breakthrough allows for more innovation and a future powered by fusion is at least within reach now. Scientists have long believed that nuclear fusion could be key to slowing the effects of climate change by reducing our reliance on fossil fuels. Then there's Discipline 11, the environment. Microplastics found in human lung tissue. Now, microplastics are defined as fragments of any type of plastic that are less than five millimeters in length. That's about a fifth of an inch. They cause pollution by entering natural ecosystems from a variety of sources, including cosmetics, our clothing, food packaging, and industrial processes. And although microplastics have already been found in abundance in the oceans, they were recently found for the first time in another remote location, the lowest airwaves of living human lungs. It was researchers at the Hall York Medical School in the United Kingdom that observed microplastics in the lung tissue collected from patients undergoing routine procedures for other surgeries. In other words, people who had this microplastic in their lungs weren't really showing symptoms indicating their presence. This startling discovery, according to one ecotoxicologist, quote, is proof that we have plastics in our body and we shouldn't, unquote. Next discovery, the observed effect of lead on IQ. In 1923, lead was first added to gasoline to help keep car engines running smoothly. But we now know that although lead might keep a car running better, it's at great expense to human health. A study published in March of 2022 by Duke University calculated that exposure to car exhaust from leaded gas during childhood stole a collective 824 million IQ points from more than 170 million Americans still alive today, about half of the population in the United States. The average lead-linked loss in cognitive ability was 2.6 IQ points per person. The findings suggest that Americans born before 1996 may now be at greater risk for lead-related health problems, such as faster aging of the brain. Leaded gas for cars was banned in the United States in 1996, but the researchers say that anyone born before the end of that era, and especially those who were born at the peak of its use in the 1960s and 70s, had excessively high lead exposures as children. And don't forget that gas is not the only source of this toxic element, lead. Lead paint was popular before it was banned in 1978. Even today, approximately 29 million housing units in the U.S. have lead-based paint hazards, 
including deteriorated paint and lead-contaminated house dust. About 2.6 million of these housing units are home to young children, according to the CDC. Hey, again. Dr. Robinson asked me to finish the show today. So, that's it for this episode of Ben's Talk, The Week in Science. Thank you for joining us on this wild journey through the world of scientific discovery. We hope you learned something new, giggled a little, and didn't accidentally create a black hole in your backyard. Next week, we'll be exploring the physics of cat videos, the chemistry of romantic comedies, and the mathematics of why your coworker always steals your lunch from the fridge. So, be sure to tune in and find out what kind of chaos we can cook up next week. Until then, remember, no question is too ridiculous, no hypothesis too wild, and no lab coat too stained to keep pushing the boundaries of what we know. For the entire Bench Talk team, both human and virtual, stay curious and be happy. <laughs>